Chapter Six: The Journey from Platform Nine and Three Quarters. Harry's last month with the Dursleys wasn't fun. True, Dudley was now so scared of Harry he wouldn't stay in the same room, while Aunt Petunia and Uncle Vernon then shut Harry in his cupboard, forced him to do anything, or shout at him. In fact, they didn't speak to him at all. Half terrified, half furious. They acted as though any chair with Harry in it were empty, although this was an improvement in many ways. It did become a bit depressing after a while. Harry kept to his room, with his new Alfred company. He had decided to call her Hedwig, a name he had found in a history of magic. His school books were very interesting. He lay on his bed reading late into the night. Hedwig swooping in and out of the open window as she pleased. It was lucky that Aunt Petunia didn't come in to vacuum any more, because Hedwig kept bringing back dead mice. Every night before he went to sleep, Harry ticked off another day on a piece of paper he had pinned to the wall, counting down to September the first. On the last day of August, he thought he'd better speak to his aunt and uncle about getting to King Cross. Station the next day, so he went down to the living room, where they were watching a quiz show on television. He cleared his throat to let them know he was there, and Dudley screamed and ran from the room. Er, Uncle Vernon. Uncle Vernon grunted to show he was listening. Er, I need to be at King's Cross tomorrow to, to go to Hogwarts. Uncle Vernon grunted again. Would it be all right if you gave me a lift? Grunt. Harry supposed that meant yes. Thank you. He was about to go back upstairs when Uncle Vernon actually spoke. Funny way to get a wizard school. The train, magic carpets all got punctures, have they? Harry didn't say anything. Where's the school anyway? I don't know," said Harry, realizing this for the first time. He pulled the ticket Hagrid had given him out of his pocket. I just take the train from platform in nine three quarters at eleven o'clock. He read. His aunt and uncle stared. Platform what? Nine and three quarters. Don't talk rubbish," said Uncle Vernon. There is no platform nine and three quarters. It's on my ticket. Barking," said Uncle Vernon, howling mad. The lot of them. You'll see. You just wait. All right. We'll take you to King's Cross. We're going up to London tomorrow anyway. Or I wouldn't bother. Why are you going to London? Harry asked, trying to keep things friendly. Taking Dudley to the hospital. Growled Uncle Vernon. Got to have that ruddy tail removed before he goes to smelting. Harry woke at five o'clock the next morning and was too excited and nervous to go back to sleep. He got up and pulled on his jeans because he didn't want to walk into the station in his wizard's robe. He'd change on the train. He'd check his Hogwarts list yet again to make sure he had everything he needed. Saw that Hagrid was shut safely in her cage, and then paced the room waiting for the Dursleys to get up. Two hours later, Harry's huge, heavy trunk had been loaded into the Dursleys' car. Aunt Petunia had talked Dudley into sitting next to Harry, and they had set off. They reached King's Cross at half past ten, 
Uncle Vernon dumped Harry's trunk onto a cart and wheeled it into the station for him. Harry thought they were strangely kind until Uncle Vernon stopped dead, facing the platforms with a nasty grin on his face. Well, there you are, boy. Platform 9, Platform 10. Your platform should be somewhere in the middle. But they don't seem to have that built it, do they? He was quite right, of course. There was a big plastic number 9 over plat one platform and a big plastic number 10 over the one next to it. In the middle, nothing at all. Have a good term, said Uncle Vernon with an even nastier smile. He left without another word. Harry turned and saw the Dursleys drive away. All three of them were laughing. Harry's mouth went rather dry. What on earth was he going to do? He was starting to attract a lot of funny looks because of Hedwig. He'd have to ask someone. He stopped a passing guard but didn't dare mention platform nine and three quarters. The guard had never heard of Hogwarts and when Harry couldn't even tell him what part of the country it was, he started to get annoyed as though Harry was being stupid on purpose. Getting desperate, Harry asked for the train that left at 11 o'clock, but the guard said there wasn't one. In the end, the guard strode away, muttering about time wasters. Harry was now trying hard not to panic. According to the large clock over the arrivals board, he had 10 minutes left to get on the train to Hogwarts, and he had no idea how to do it. He was stranded in the middle of a station with a trunk he could hardly lift, a pocket full of wizard money and a large owl. Hagrid must have forgotten to tell him something you had to do, like tapping the third brake on the left to get to Diagon Alley. He wondered if he should get out his wand and start tapping the ticket inspector's stand between platforms 9 and 10. At that moment, a group of people passed just behind them and he caught a few words of what they were saying. Pack with muggles, of course. Harry swung around. The speaker was a plump woman who was talking to four boys, all with flaming red hair. Each of them was pushing a trunk like Harry in front of them, and they had an owl. Heart, heart hammering, Harry pushed his cart after them. They stopped, and so did he just near enough to hear what they were saying. Now what's the platform number, said the boy's mother. Nine and three quarters, piped a small girl, also red-headed, who was holding her hand. Mom, can I go? You're not old enough, Ginny. Be quiet. All right, Percy, you go first. What looked like the oldest boy marched toward the platforms nine and ten. Harry watched, careful not to blink in case he missed it. But just as the boy reached the dividing barrier between the two platforms, a large crowd of tourists came swarming in front of him, and by the time the last backpack had cleared away, the boy had vanished. Fred, you're next, said the plump woman. I'm not Fred, I'm George, said the boy. Honestly, woman, you call yourself our mother. Can't you tell I'm George? Sorry, George, dear. Only joking, I am Fred, said the boy. And off he went. His twin called after him to hurry up, and he must have done so, because a second later he had gone. But how had he done it? 
Now the third brother was walking briskly toward the barrier. He was almost there, and then, quite suddenly, he wasn't anywhere. There was nothing else for it. Excuse me, Harry said to the plump woman. Hello, dear, she said. First time at Hogwarts, Ron's new too. She pointed at the last and youngest of her sons. He was tall, thin, and gangling with freckles, big hands and feet, and a long nose. Yes, said Harry. The thing is, the thing is, I don't know how to. How to get to the platform, she said kindly. Harry nodded. Not to worry, she said. All you have to do is walk straight at the barrier between platforms 9 and 10. Don't stop and don't be scared you'll crash into it. That's very important. Best do it at a bit of a run if you're nervous. Go on, go now before Ron. Er, okay, said Harry. He pushed his trolley around and started at the barrier. It looked very solid. He started to walk around it. People jostled him on their way to the platforms 9 and 10. Harry walked more quickly. He was going to smash right into that barrier and then he'd be in trouble. Leaning forward onto his cart, he broke into a heavy run. The barrier was coming nearer and nearer. He wouldn't be able to stop. The cart was out of control. He was a foot away. He closed his eyes ready for the crash. It didn't come. He kept on running. He opened his eyes. A scarlet steam engine was waiting to a platform packed with people. A sign overheard said Hogwarts Express, 11 o'clock. Harry looked behind him and saw a wrought iron archway where the barrier had been with... He had done it. Smoke from the engine drifted over the heads of the chattering crowd, while cats of every color wound here and there between their legs. Owls hooted to one another in a disgruntled sort of way over the babble and the scraping of heavy trunks. The first few carriages were already packed with students, some hanging out of the window to talk to their families, some fighting over seats. Harry pushed his cart off down the platform in search of an empty seat. He passed a round-faced boy who was saying, Cran, I've lost my toad again. Oh, Neville, he heard the old woman sigh. A boy with dreadlocks was surrounded by a small crowd. Give us a look, Lee, go on. The boy lifted the lid of a box in his arms, and the people around him shrieked and yelled as something inside poked out a long, hairy leg. Harry pressed on though the, through the crowd until he found an empty compartment near the end of the train. He put on Hedwig inside first and then started to shove and heave his trunk toward the train door. He tried to lift it up, but the up the steps but could hardly raise one end and twice he dropped it painfully on his foot. Want a hand? It was one of the red-haired twins he'd follow through the barrier. Yes, Harry panted. Oi, Fred, come here and help. With the twins' help, Harry's trunk was at last tucked away in the corner of the compartment. Thanks, said Harry, pushing his sweaty hair out of his eyes. What's that? said one of the twins suddenly pointing at Harry's lightning scar. Blimey, said the other twin, are you? He is, said the first twin, aren't you? He added to Harry. What, said Harry? Harry Potter, chorused the twins. 
Oh, him, said Harry. I mean, yes, I am. The two boys gawked at him, and Harry felt himself turning red. Then, to his relief, a voice came floating in through the train store. Fred, George, are you there? Coming, Mom. With a last look at Harry, the twins hop of the train. Harry sat down next to the window, where half hidden, he could watch the red-haired family on the platform and hear what they were saying. Their mother had just taken out her handkerchief. Ron, you've got something on your nose. The youngest boy tried to jerk out of the way, but she grabbed him and began rubbing the end of his nose. Mom, get off! He wriggled free. Ah, has Echo Ronnie got something on his noisy? said one of the twins. Shut up, said Ron. Where's Percy? said their mother. He's coming now. The oldest boy came striding into sight. He had already changed into his billowing black Hogwarts robes, and Harry noticed a shiny silver badge on his chest with a letter P on it. Can't stay long, mother, he said. I'm up front. The prefects have to go. Two compartments to themselves. Oh, are you Oh, are you a prefect, Percy? said one of the twins with an air of great surprise. You should have said something. We had no idea. Hang on, I think I remember him saying something about it, said the other twin. Once or twice a minute all summer. Oh, shut up, said Percy, the prefect. How come Percy gets new ropes anyway, said one of the twins. Because he's a prefix, said his mother fondly. All right, dear. Well, have a good term. Send me an owl when you get there. She kissed Percy on the cheek and left. Then she turned to the twins. Now, you two, this year, you behave yourselves if I get one more owl telling me you've You've blown up a toilet or blown up a toilet? We've never blown up a toilet. Great idea, though. Thanks, Mom. It's not funny. And look after Ron. Don't worry. Ickle Ronikins is safe with us. Shut up, said Ron again. He was almost as tall as the twins already, and his nose was now all pink where his mother had rubbed it. Hey, Mom, guess what? Guess who we met on the train? Harry leaned back quickly so they couldn't see him looking. You know that black-haired boy who was near us at the station? Know who he is? Who? Harry Potter! Harry heard the little girl's voice. Oh, Mom, can I go on the train to see him? Mom, please!